revelations always come as a surprise, unexpected. Outside ancient Jerusalem, burial caves used for nine centuries were found in a large stone quarry called by the locals Golgotha, the skull, because it looked like one. By the first century, the Romans turned the quarry into a site for executions. Criminals killed there in plain sight, warning people entering Jerusalem, behave. Tradition held that Jesus was killed there too, entombed in one of the burial caves. Ancient inscriptions depict this tomb covered by a comical roof and lattice gates with a cross on top looking like this. Invading armies would tear it down, but as soon as they left, Christians would rebuild it to mark the sacred place. Finally, one of the invaders decided to stop their troublesome actions by turning the area into a garbage dump, thereby preserving it. When Hadrian transformed Jerusalem into a Roman colony, he had it cleaned up and a temple dedicated to Jupiter built over it with the chapel to Fortuna, goddess of good fortune and luck. But under Constantine, Christianity began to emerge as the dominant religion of the Roman Empire. Biblical archaeology review noted, the move to recover the holy sites on that northwestern hill of Jerusalem probably began with a dialogue between Macarius the Bishop of Jerusalem, and Constantine during the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD. Constantine wanted to unearth the tomb of Jesus and build a monument to the Savior's resurrection, which meant that some background knowledge of the location of the tomb was provided. Constantine authorized the demolition of the old Roman temple and excavation began. To everyone's amazement, a rock-cut tomb was revealed. The cave was adorned with columns and masonry forming the first edicule, the structure housing the tomb, which has stood in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in various forms ever since." End of quote. Early on, the tomb had been covered by a sheet of marble to keep people from chipping away the rock of the tomb for relics, big business back then. Removing that marble covering in 1555 and 1809, as the edicule was restored, people were amazed to see that burial bench, which is where the body of Jesus would have been laid. In 2016, the Holy Sepulchre was refurbished, a miracle in itself, revealing again what is considered the original tomb. Why? The mortar between the marble covering and that limestone bedrock of the burial bench in the quarry, that mortar was carbon dated to the fourth century, proving it had been part of the construction of Constantine's church. Amazing. To kneel in that tomb and feel the presence of Jesus is an awesome experience. On the far right of the tomb, a steep stairway curves up to a second story, 
where the entire wall of a Roman Catholic chapel is composed of a beautiful new mosaic, picturing Jesus lying on the ground, his hands and feet being fastened to a cross. Immediately to its left is a Greek chapel with multiple Orthodox lamps hanging above, as they do. Kneeling, placing your hand through a hole beneath the altar there, you can touch what is considered the traditional top of Golgotha, the highest section of the quarry, huge remnants of that ancient quarry still visible in one of the chapels below. Early Christians venerated the tomb because it had held Jesus' body, therefore also the site of the resurrection. But why focus on a tomb? Why do we focus so much on the death and burial of Jesus? A legitimate question on Good Friday. Revelations always come as a surprise, unexpected. On Good Friday, we face one of the great mysteries and insights of Christianity, the revelation of the heart of God. Remember, we're speaking of the creator of the known universe, which stretches at least 98 billion light years across the heavens, containing more stars than all the grains of sand on all the beaches in the world. Imagine. It's as if the crucifixion of Jesus, experienced as a disaster by his followers, the total rejection of this terrific man of love and all his ideas and dreams, that crucifixion had cracked open the meaning of life at its core, revealing God not as an overpowering figure demanding love and obedience, but God as a loving father revealed in vulnerability and weakness on a cross. God's heart broken open like an uncooked Easter egg revealing the sometimes messy meaning of life. That is an awesome discovery and gift. But revelations always come as a surprise, unexpected. That's why, when we can, we bow down at the foot of the cross at St. Luke's, even embracing, some kissing it, not just from sentimental feelings about Jesus or from guilt or duty, but in awe at everything that cross represents to us. Today, Good Friday, we consider the man through whom this revelation was made, for sure acknowledging his real suffering and pain and mourning his death, in my understanding, Jesus did not do this for us, but from his own transparent motive, pure and motive and integrity, which is how God was able to reveal himself through Jesus' suffering and death. Our salvation 
came primarily as a gift of total love and acceptance, poured out from God through the experience of this man, Jesus, his life and suffering and death. And out of death came life. But then revelations always come as a surprise, unexpected, as it ultimately did for Jesus' disciples and for us.